0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're watching Leafs Morning Tea
2: With host Nick Alberta and former NHLer
3: Jay Rosehill. The show starts now. What's good, everybody? And away we go for the Monday edition of Least Morning Take, presented by Botano. Nick Alberga, once again joined by special guest co host Bruce Boudreaux. Gabby, thank you so much for doing this. How was your weekend, buddy? It
1: was uh, good. A little rainy out here in Pennsylvania, but uh, other than that, it was really good. Same here football, in Toronto. A lot of football, a lot of
3: hockey. Can't can't lose there. Can't go wrong with that front. Uh, I see you have some delivery people in the background. You're an absolute gem for doing this once again and. Uh, I don't know how you stand in terms of holiday shopping. Uh, do you tend to get it done early? Because uh, I looked at my calendar and I'm like, oh, crap, it's December.
1: Nick, I have forgot to buy my wife a, a birthday and Christmas present the last couple of years. So I do not do shopping. She does it all. And I just hope she still loves me at the end of the day.
3: Uh, I love how she's probably standing like three feet from you. eh? She hears. She's
1: got the smoke <laughs> on you. Yeah.
3: And, and to be frank with this, uh, she is the MVP of the show. Is your wife uh, for setting this all up and uh, being with us, of course, and and being sort of your 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 PR person too, right? You've been in the game. Sometimes you got the PR beside you. Make sure you say the right thing, right?
1: Yes, and she'll give me a slap if I uh, say <laughs> the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. Believe me, I know. I I know where my lot in life is.
3: We love it. We love it. So again, uh, our mutual friend, Gord Stellick is going to drop by in about 15 or so. We're going to do a bit of a round table here, discussing the Leafs, uh, talking about what's going on. Weird quirk in the schedule again, eh, Gabby, where it's like they had a two games and like 15 day stretch and now they're off till Thursday again here.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, you know what, I'll tell you this, coaches hate this right now they, they hate it because uh, practices get boring <clears throat> and they get long and uh Um, You want to play games. And because when you're sitting out, the other thing that happens is you look at other teams gaining in the standings all the time and you're getting nothing. So like, I mean, say the Leafs lose to Boston last week or on Saturday. So now uh, and uh, they look and, and by Thursday, they've only gained one point in the standings and some teams are going to gain maybe three or four points. And, and that drives coaches nuts because we want to actively play we know that if we play three games in four nights it might be a little tiring at the end but it, this is the time you gain in, in uh in the standing so uh, they're going crazy but their time will come when they play two games in 15 days or three games in in 20 days uh eventually they're going to be playing 17 games in 31 days so it'll catch up to them
3: well, that's the thing, right, is they're going to go back the other way. And you talk about crazy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the big topic of conversation in this market since Saturday's game where Brad Marchand scores the OT winner uh, is the captain, John Tavares. And I guess to lackluster back check. Uh, what did you make of that whole thing? Uh, is it justified that people are pissed off about this?
1: Um, I, You know what? I mean, people in Toronto get pissed off about everything, but I mean, he's watching the play. I think he could have, uh, you know, like we all want you to skate hard back right to the, between the dots and full speed. But I mean, I'll, I'm betting he's going, Oh, we're going to lose. We're going to lose. And then all of a sudden, Oh, it's still loose. And then he's, then he's got to go a little bit, but I mean, I wouldn't put too much blame. You could blame somebody on every shift for this if this was the case so uh i wouldn't throw too much on like i mean behind closed doors they say john you got to play the whole game you can't you can't not uh do this but i wouldn't uh i wouldn't say that this is the end of the world
3: because that was a feeling for me as well like i was conflicted you know doing the show today which angle i was going to take on the whole john tavares thing and i think we're making something out of nothing i think also omnipresent in the play was like. Nylander going down but like it took him like a billion hours to get up like it was very lackadaisical a weird developing goal but I think you're so right obviously you know this it happens on every play where I think if you had a camera on every player you're gonna find one guy who's probably not giving it his all and I think you got to pick your battles as a coach right
1: yeah and like quite frankly if if you had every player giving it his all every shift then you're talking maybe stanley cup finals <laughs> you know that's where that's why the the play picks up and everybody wants to see it the uh- but I mean, when you think of the play, Nylander's coming up, you're, you're sort of relaxed. You're, you're looking for a change. Then all of a sudden he turns it over and you're watch, you find yourself watching the play rather than reacting to the play. And I think that's what John was doing. He's watching, going, oh, he's got a breakaway. He, you know, Marshan's going to score. And then, then no, and then he picks it up because now we're we're back in the game, but it's a little too late. But I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't, It to me it was human nature. And I mean, uh, uh if, if we're blaming him for the loss then i think we're we've got more troubles than we than we need to have
0: can
3: can i play devil's advocate and i i normally do this as you know but like what what can you say to the the contrarian who's like well this is a reason why this team can't get it done when it matters most because of examples like this like what would you say to someone like that
1: i'd say look at any other team I mean, look at the best team in the league you'll see the same thing on a play like this i mean uh, uh we've had the the best teams I've been associated with some of the best teams in hockey I remember one time Getzlaff coming in in overtime and giving a drop pass to nobody and <laughs> you know like and they they went in and scored but I mean it's like everybody's the the first two seconds is a gasp what just happened you know and then it's the reaction like, I mean, nobody's thinking Nylander's going to fall in that situation. He's waving to the bench to make a change. He's like, I mean, he's got, and this is William Nylander. He's in control all the time. Then boom, the skates give out. And then the reaction sort of takes place. You you start off by watching and then you end up by, by working hard, but it's too late. But uh, uh, I, it was just one of those things. I mean, I, I cannot um, sit there and, and chastise John Tavares for uh,
3: losing the game. Yeah, definitely. I'm with you on that front. Uh, It is also a great day for uh, if you're looking for some gift ideas. We have Gord Stelic coming up momentarily. Revival, the chaotic, colorful journey of the 1977-78 Toronto Maple Leafs is out now uh, with Damian Cox, of course, and Gord Stellick. So look for that and also look for this gift idea. I hope some Nation Gear could help you. Order by December 10th to receive your Nation Gear before the holidays. Visit nationgear.ca to check out our latest collection. Again, nationgear.ca to check out our latest collections. You can find t-shirts like this one. A lot of the things we've been rocking on the show throughout this season. And also don't forget at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube where you can find this podcast. If you're watching right now, hit the like button. Hit that subscribe button at the Leafs Nation 401. Leafs Morning Take wherever you find your podcast, as well. Whether it be Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get the job done, Leafs Morning Take. Find us. Uh, meantime, brought to you by DoorDash, it's time for the appetizer. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off, up to $10 in value, and zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code Nation25, that's code Nation25 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Don't forget uppercase or Nation 25. Offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms apply. And uh, we're going to bring in Gord Stellick now for the show because he's waiting so patiently and you you wore a suit and tie for him. So here's Gord Stellick, Gordo, how are you, buddy? <laughs> hey, I'm good. I'm good. This is just
2: for you, Gordo, right here. Suit and tie. Well, we had uh, Dustin Brown on our show this morning and he talked about the special year with you in Manchester. What a great coach you were, uh, how much you impacted his career. But he did say you often had mustard or ketchup on your
1: tie. That's the (laughs) one thing uh, he did say. But uh, pot calling kettle black, Bruce. It's it's a known fact, yes. And you know what? We were just on earlier, and I'm sitting there going, don't tell Nick, quit saying you get 25% off somewhere. Gord will be off off this thing in about two (laughs) seconds, dialing for DoorDash.
2: (laughs) And... Nick, did Nick freeze on me? I don't know. Nick looks like a million bucks though. Anyway, it's, uh, it's just us two now, kid. Okay. We're carrying mm. the show. We've done mm. this before. We've done this before. But, yeah. uh, anyway, and by the way, the book Nick was talking about, uh, you're a part of it. You're a part of that team. And, uh, it was great getting your insight along with the likes of Daryl Sittler and, and, uh, Tiger Williams and Lanny McDonald and Ian Turnbull. So, uh, I know you look back. That's, uh, that's still a fond memory for you. I imagine.
1: Well, I can't wait to actually read it because, uh, um, it will bring back so many things that I have forgotten that, uh, the, that I, you, you'll just sit back and go, Oh man, I remember that. That was great. You know, but I mean, the times were great. It was uh, amazing to me. Like, I mean, the, the good team that the Leafs had at that point, okay, in the 70s, we were all, there were really good teams under Roger. It was just, I think Harold was so impatient, he couldn't get it better. Uh, but, uh, uh, and then when they, those guys became so popular, uh, even when the Leafs, like in the 90s, were, were being better, everybody kept thinking of the Tiger Williamses and the Daryl Sittler's and the Ian Turnbull's, and, and that's maybe like the, the, where we're at in age, those are the people that we remember the most. Does well, that makes uh,
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. You just say Nick's computer apparently crashed. So he's going to be back in a second. So our timing. uh, Hopefully, you know that movie. Houston, we have a problem. We get Nick back safely, uh, like they did those uh, three astronauts
1: all those all those years ago. So you have the tie on. Does that that mean you're working today? Is this a working day? Or what's yeah, going no, on? no. Because I'm I'm doing this, and I had to do it uh, from home because I had an, another something earlier um i'm going straight to the new jersey offices after this so it, usually i go to the hotel and rest for the afternoon but because i'm on uh at six o'clock by the time i get to jersey and get the like, you know how you have the pre-show to find out what's yeah. going on and everything, then there's no sense going to a hotel. I'll just go right to uh, where we go. And and it's at the major league uh, network, major league baseball networks. And so it's a pretty big place and it's a, uh, it's a lot of fun just going there, but uh, I wanted to make sure that uh, I have enough time for everything. So are you going to get the scoop first about where Otani goes? Where who? Otani? Otani? Yeah. I mean, I might, sniff around today to see who's there usually they have like if the buck show walter or the, you know some of the big name baseball guys come right in there and i sit there with my eyes gawking wide open at these guys and i try to find the scoops uh as much as i can but i mean it's a incredible uh for want of a better term the difference between the nhl network which is uh we use half the or portion of the building and the MLB network, which is about ten times bigger than the than the the hockey network side of thing, and they have everything going. But you can anything that gets to be known is known there. <laughs>
3: About you guys are four? the absolute best. My my, I, I dropped out. I, I was so enamored with the conversation. My computer just gave way. It's like let let these two professionals go at it. So I really really appreciate it, guys. You guys are the absolute best. Let's get in the conversation here on the show. Where did you guys first meet? Like, where did you guys first link up? Do you remember the first time you met, Gordo?
2: Well, see, I, I would um, uh, like I would be in awe of Bruce in all seriousness because I was a, a fan of the Toronto Marlies and he was on one of the all time great. Uh, junior hockey teams ever so I knew all about him on the ice and then when I got this dream to work with the Toronto Maple Leafs the one time was 1981 uh, I, I asked Punch Imlach, uh if I could go down to the American Hockey League playoffs and then Monk the New Brunswick Hawks were playing the um, Maine Mariners I think I might have been the semi I'm going deep two really good American Hockey League teams yeah and I, I remember being down like I was just 23 I was, I was 22 then and so the guys were my age and I remember Stu Gavin's a guy I talked to a lot, but Bruce was a guy I just shot the breeze with. And and boy, the miners, there's no cell phones. There's no anything. Guys are looking to chat, very intimate. I think God, some guys might've been wondering who the hell I was, a little maybe a little suspicious, whatever. But, but Bruce and the other one, I remember that John McCauley did that game. They were hoping he could resurrect his officiating career because he got punched in the eye about a year earlier. And anyway, it didn't happen. It became a, a, a supervisor of officials, but you and I walked out just like we had, I don't know, we had dinner and I don't know, it was just neat. So it was kind of like that. And then after, after that, we always had a kinship, but respected that, you know, we, it was different. You know, I'm not want of, I'm not a player. And I think that was one of my strengths because I never tried to pretend I was a player and in uh, the other side, but we just had a really good kinship and friendship
1: and on my part, no one talked to him, so I felt sorry, and I went over to him (laughs) and said hello. I figured as much. He was was always, look at, and I know this is, I don't want to get this into a love fest, but I mean, uh, whether we were traveling when he was a statistician basically with the Leafs, I I sat with him, I remember, quite a few times. um, And he was easy to talk to, and he knew his stuff. So that's, uh, like, when you're with me, if we can talk sports and hockey stuff we're going to be instant friends because i mean i don't know anything about anything else and i believe it when i say that
3: hockey and sports is all i know guys a professional broadcaster he's an author too gordo got a new book out hey eh, buddy got it. yeah i was chatting with bruce a little bit about it you
2: mentioned it coming in and it's about we did Damian cox and i did a you can kind of see 67 back there. I can't know which way to go here. go this way, this way. So that's uh, when we did a book 19 years ago about the last Leaf team to win a Stanley Cup. And uh, and then we just decided that team Bruce was a part of with uh, Borea Salming's um, overwhelming appearance, last appearance last year, just how iconic that group was. And the four of them, Borea Salming, Tiger Williams, um, Daryl Sidler, Lanny McDonald, remain best friends. 40 years later or 30 years later. I mean, how often is Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, Morgan Riley, are they going to be best friends in 30 years? And, and Bruce, uh, you, you know, you are still connected. I mentioned how tight you are with that Toronto Marley group, but also mm. that leaf group as well. Like, like it's, it's just a, a fabulous bond from a great era.
1: It, it really is, Gord. Like, I mean, uh, I hadn't seen Tiger for a while last year, and I did a, um, an Easter Seals event with him, as you know, and we just started talking as if we we were still playing together and all the things that went on and talking about stories, uh, about you know, like, I mean, hanging out after the games and stuff. And I, I just thought, like, I mean, and I, when we went to the event, I thought, that oh, I hope he still remembers who I am, type thing. And oh, he came over, hugs, and and we just started talking right away. So sometimes you get that. Usually you get it when you're on a team that is um, uh, uh, wins a championship. So there's a, a, a memory there. But this was sort of a galvanized thing. And when in '78, when we beat the Islanders, it was like winning the Stanley Cup, I think, for this group, and uh, everybody became pretty tight, uh, after that. And uh, I mean, that doesn't have, and I think Roger Nielsen had a lot to do with that in the way he brought the team together, but, uh, it, uh, they're all great memories. And, uh, anybody I talk to, that's my age or around that, they remember those playoffs uh, against the Islanders and, uh, so well, you know, and, and,
2: and uh, As do and I. It- and nick i want to bring up with bruce one last thing because we were trying to hunt this down we found the mystery of the golf cart accident okay so just oh, to go did? back okay. yes so um the team took a break after a game went to panama city in florida for three yes. or four nights the leafs and there was this mythical story about well, it wasn't mythical but boreasaming was in a golf cart with somebody and then it ended up that um like the golf cart flipped, whatever and somehow Randy Carlisle got 30, 40 stitches and actually was out of the lineup for weeks. So, so Randy because you're trying to, so Randy Carlisle told me the story that, yes, he was in the golf cart with Borea. He said alcohol was not involved, but I'm sure maybe a libation or two had been consumed, but whatever. But he goes, Borea's going 100 miles an hour like he does everything. He's going stupid fast. So they hit from the path. They hit all of a sudden like grass or a different turf. So the cart started to flip. And Randy, when he went out, he, he scraped his lead, leg, got 40 stitches. And Jimmy Gregory was pissed off in the Leafs management about. They lost Randy. And Randy was a young kid, and he wasn't able to play for a few weeks. But the, he said the guy said to him, it's lucky it wasn't Borea. Otherwise, you're not coming back to Toronto. If Borea's the guy that got 40 stitches in the golf cart with you, you know that would be the other case. But that was, uh, that was the golf cart. We're trying to get the golf cart mystery. Guys seem to be a little, oh, I want to play that down. But that's who it was, Bruce.
1: Well, you know what? I still disagree with you, but that's fine. Because uh, <laughs> the, the way I remember, it was me and Randy in the cart. Boread, we were driving, and Boread jumped on the side of the cart where you know how it flips okay. one, one side? And then it yeah. went back the other side. That's how we got hurt. But either way, I know it was yeah. Randy Carlisle that nobody would have cared at all if it was me. That, that, that Yeah, they that, wouldn't the care. Person.
2: That's why it's only Boria. It's thank God yeah. Borya didn't get hurt. Not yeah. thank God Bruce didn't get hurt. It's mm-hmm. thank God mm-hmm. Borya didn't get hurt in the golf cart.
1: You know, the funny thing about this, this whole thing is when we stopped in Atlanta back in the, that day, we always used to go to a shoe store. And uh, because they gave cheap, cheap shoes and and we'd get all the deals on them. And I remember going in there and uh, going, oh, man, shoes for 19 bucks. I can buy these things and get away." But when I but they just give you the box. And when I opened the two boxes, there was four different shoes in in the the boxes. And I'll, I'll never forget how the guys just wouldn't let me go. Wouldn't let it go. They made me wear these things for the next game or two.
3: Ridiculous. There's so many stories and you guys really should have your own podcast. I think it's tremendous. And and guys, I want to shift the conversation as well to like what's happening right now. Gordo, I asked um, Gabby off the top, the whole John Tavares thing. Are we overblowing this thing? Because that uh, people are pissed off about this.
2: Uh, yeah, we're. Well, I, don't, I wouldn't say we're overblowing it. It's 24-7 media. And that's what it is. So, I mean... It's like I, yeah, Nick, you hated it too, being micromanaged. And I think one of Bruce's Mm -hmm. successes was not being a micromanaging coach. Cause you know, I look at the NFL, they got 87 assistant coaches, you're a tight end coach. Like when you come on the sidelines, can you leave me alone? But uh, you're the only guy I'm coaching. I gotta I gotta, well, just leave me alone. Okay. I know I dropped the pass. Okay. Leave me alone. And I I just think um, that's the same thing with the the non-reaction against Boston. Few weeks ago, it happened to catch a twenty-second clip that you know guys weren't yes. responding, and you know it was worse than it looked. But they, you know, you got to move on from all those kinds of things. And I, I heard Bruce just talk about it before we took over the show when you bailed for a bit. But about uh, <laughs> you know, like it, it, it happens to every team, it happens to every player. A guy's got a perspective, thinking, "Oh my God, it's good," and then all of a sudden you look, you you look bad, or you look whatever, um, and that that's why they play the games.
3: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I wanted to get into sort of the 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 nucleus of that game over the weekend with Boston where it's like.
0: I'm Sandra and I'm just the
3: professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me.
0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
3: I don't know. For some reason, the Leafs, like Boston has their number, right, Bruce? But I, I think you look at that game. I think there's a lot of positives you can grab. Like I sort of joked on social media, it was Moral Victory Night on Leafs Twitter, but it really felt that way. And I at least left that game feeling more positive than I have been about this team the last little while. Did you?
1: Well, I mean, they played two games against Boston and both have gone to overtime or shootout, you know. So I mean, they can compete with anybody and Toronto always for the last couple of years. They're as good as any team on any given night. And for most nights, they're better than most teams. Um, uh, but I have no I, I'm not a believer in the Boston Bruins this year. I just I and as good as their record is, I think they're extremely well coached and they play an extremely good team game. But I've looked at the um, the, the players and the rosters, uh, you know, quite extensively. And I mean, uh, after. um after that first line and uh, of Marchand Pasternak and and if it's Zaka, it's Zaka, if it's whoever else is in the middle, they're pretty. The, the rest of the group better just hold on and be even or or plus one, and that's the way they win. Uh, with that first line. The goaltending and the the top four D. So I mean, I think in the playoffs, they'll have a, they'll have a struggle because they got some, a lot of average players playing really good right now. But I think the at the same time, um, they're not anywhere near as deep as a lot of the teams in the East.
2: Yeah, I don't know what to make, Nick, of the like, remember the Leafs had the Bruins number for about two or three years in the regular season. And it's kind of like decades ago. I mean, that Ottawa Senators team should have won a stay on the cup. Sure. And they had the Leafs' number in the regular season, and the Leafs just had their number under Pack. Win, man, oh man, in the playoffs. And uh, so I, I never know what to make and how it, tra- how it will translate in, in, in the playoffs. So, um, it, it's yeah, it, it's, it's, it's kind of like bring them on. Whoever you got to play, you got to play. And I'd feel comfortable the Leafs taking on Boston. I, I, I agree with Bruce in a a, a, a sense. I think we all did that. We, hey, five years ago, okay. Toronto Maple Leafs, the young guns, their second, third year, five years later, meaning now they're going to supplant Boston as the perennial first place in the in the in the Atlantic Division. And it hasn't happened. Give the Bruins credit. They're still there at there where, you you know, you know really I mean Tampa Bay is the one that's kind of struggling to to, to stay up there. So I, uh, I I I think, you know, you can't lose those kind of guys like Boston did and not slip a little But Boy, oh, boy. They really buy into that team concept and it comes from their inner core of leaders. And that's something I, I, I see strides in that with the Maple Leafs as far as their inner core of leaders go as well. You know, that, that team concept.
3: You just knew two guys, Gabby, you just knew it was going to be Brad Marchand after everything that transpired the first game and the lack of like, they didn't, I didn't expect anything, nothing really happened towards Marshawn, but he just has a knack for doing that big thing, and that's why he wears a C for the bees now, right?
1: Well, I think he's too, uh, also he is in the in the top of overtime goal scoring, uh, in Boston history. And, uh, it seems like something always he's involved in something all the time. And, and the other thing, when I read that, Oh, he hadn't scored a point in five games or something coming into that game. I said, Oh, that's such bad news for us. Cause you know, he's going to score. He scores that goal. He gets three goals the next day. Uh, like, I mean, uh, the, good things follow this this young man and uh uh i mean he's made them happen by being uh quite a, a, a solid player over the years but i mean uh he's uh, he's a good choice for captains and and i think the the Bruins always find the good choice for captains. Like I mean, and they got guys in the in the wings waiting to be captain. You know, after Char, after Bergeron, after Marchand, who's the next one? Is it McAvoy when he's done? I don't know, but I mean, they've always got guys that are coming up and being great leaders in that team.
2: Uh, and I say this in an endearing way. The two things you can't stand about Boston are Brad Marchand and Jack Edwards, right? You know,
3: those yes. are the ones assistant balls. Oh, that call that call was was ridiculous the other night, Gordo. If I can
1: avoid the Bruin call, I will do it all. Even though Andy Brickley was a teammate of mine. Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think he was actually a line mate, but and I think he's really good. Jack Edwards could drive anybody up a tree but he's following Freddie
2: Cusick and Derek Sanderson. Okay. They, they, they know what their audience is. Right. So, uh, and he is really, really a nice guy. He really, and and actually Brad Marchand, I know there's a ton of stories, but Jim Ralph talks about some, some golf tournament, whatever it was, there was an auction item and and it, it was like a make a wish thing and going somewhere, but the airfare wasn't covered for this particular sport event. And then, Marchand quietly covered the airfare for the guy and the the young man and his and his dad. Right, did it quietly and anonymously, but you can still you can still piss you off on the ice, though. So that's different. You got to separate the two.
3: Very very effective. There's no doubt about that, and just has been a thorn in the Maple Leaf side since pretty much entering the league. Uh, Gordo I've often thought about you and working with you was an absolute blast but uh, the one memory vivid memory I always bring up on this podcast is when the Zamboni driver played for the Carolina Hurricanes and beat the Leafs and the reason why I bring this up I haven't had a feeling like this about a Leafs goaltender Gordo in years like Joseph Wall is the real deal like I thought he was great he saved the bacon of this team so many times this season what's your read been on, on Wall so far
2: yeah. First of all, uh, our son, Justin just talked to, him. I said, I'm going on the podcast and he, uh, with Nick Alberga, and he goes, man, Nick gets some really good guests. So I thought I'd get someone better, but anyway, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I remember very biasly that the Austin Matthews first overall pick, it was a Friday night in Buffalo and it was like a rock concert. There was no intrigue who the Leafs are going to pick. It, it was mm-hmm. just, it was crazy. Okay. The coronation. Then the next day, the draft goes quickly. Bang, bang, bang. And I'm on the radio. And Bruce, you came out to talk to us. You're coaching Washington. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, we needed to, Todd Alushko, YI. And then we found Sam Cosentino, finally someone that could, you know, because bang, the picks keep going. And maybe not the best idea to be on live radio for three hours there. But I remember the PR took around Joe Wall, who, you know, Austin Matthews was everything, but who they just drafted. He's wearing a leaf sweater. He was just a very impressive uh, young man. He just was. I just liked his deportment, his personality. He's battled some injuries, and I think he can be the first goaltender they've really developed from within since Felix Potvin. And that's not a swipe of James Reimer. James Reimer was kind of the accidental guy. He did a solid job, but yeah. he was never thought he was going to be the guy. It was going to be Justin Pogge or Andrew Raycroft or, you know, whomever. So yeah, I I'm I'm big. I'm big on Joe Wall.
1: Hey, have you not uh the one thing I like about this guy, uh it, The clutch, the breakaways that he can save in the third period, guys Mm -hmm. get breakaways, he saves them. In the shootout, they haven't really, they haven't scored on him. I think in the last two games at least. I mean, so he is a really good when when the chips are down. I think, and and I mean, that's what you need with a goalie is you need a goalie that when things start getting a little. Uh, crazy around him that they don't let a, one, a soft goal go in in the third period. And I don't think this guy does. I think he is the real deal.
3: But the bigger problem to me, guys, puck management, you you can both speak to this, Gordo. We you know we covered the Martin Marincin era pretty exclusively. And Gabby, you've seen this Leafs team. You've seen this league. I was having fits watching the second half of that game, Gabby, where it was like giveaway city. You're putting so much stress in your goalie. Like, I get it he's making those saves, but like they got to clean that up if they want to win some games here and win in regulation. That's been a big story too.
1: I think winning in regulation has been a big story because they've only won five of them. Right. And yeah. uh, um, every, every game, no matter what team or what caliber of team they play that uh, seems to be coming down to a one goal game, which tells me, I think the Leafs play to their opposition. I, I mean, the, the really good teams play at the same level all the time. I think the Leafs play to the level of their competition and it would be nicer if they were a little, uh, a a little more consistent on the upper end um, for them, for me anyway. What do you think, Gord?
2: Well, God bless Martin Brinson. That's, you know, he sort of became the, no, no, Don't Uh, bless him. I remember Mark Savard called uh, Igor Ozaganov. Igor Ozagetoff. I like that. So there's been a few of those different guys around, but uh, yeah, hey, it's no secret. You look at right now. They're playing the 3D uh, well over 20 minutes in, in Brody, Riley, and McCabe. And then the other three, they're not playing them six minutes. I mean, they're getting decent minutes, but, you know, it's a little bit of patchwork with names. These aren't even names. Like, people at least knew Lilligrim and Rat, Rasmus Sandim were coming up. These are names the average Leaf fan I don't think really thought of. And I think, you know, they've been playing well enough. And, again, mm-hmm. they have not been giving up three goal, more than three goals in regulation time by and large. And, you know, last year – you talk about the last seven playoff games, the Leafs failed to score more than two goals. Yeah. staggering because it's all about offense. But we quickly jump on the defense. And I and yeah, it's got to be upgraded in some way, shape, or form. And I expect Brad for a Living to do that. Also, when you get in the playoffs, you really can cut down to 4D and kind of spot your fifth and sixth, like Chicago did with Kimo Timon in that one year. You know, you can do yeah. that a lot more than you know, like we're double
1: shifting forwards in that. So uh all depends on who the four are Gord I mean you, well, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keith, oh, yeah. you got you know uh, Brent Seabrook they're in their prime you can play them all night long I mean it's hard to play Giordano or even Brody you know those kind of minutes in the playoffs because they're getting a little long in the tooth
2: yeah well I'm hearing that it could be Cale McCarr or Quinn Hughes coming Toronto's way or something so oh. they're the kind of guys that you'd play about 35
1: minutes right Bruce if you could get those two guys coming to your team, the only thing is you would also have lost Nylander, Matthews, uh, Tavares, <laughs> and whoever else, <laughs> and Marner probably if you had to get those two guys. You could you could you can use that scoop on NHL Network today. It'll be your last show, just so you okay. Know. Uh, okay. I will I will I will use that, and I think I would get a lot of gawking eyes from the people around me.
3: Probably, probably. Is there a name that comes to mind? Like, uh, you know, we've been talking about Chris Tanev quite a bit, but Gordo, we brought this up last week. There's a lot of teams that are going to be after Chris Tanev. Are there like some ballpark names that you're thinking about, Gordo, that could make sense? Like, I know we saw over the weekend, I don't know, the, they'll go near this, but Tyson Berry's looking for a change of scenery again. Like, what kind of guy, does a does a, does a Tanev type Gordo make the most sense for this team right now?
2: Well, Tanner I mean, Tyson Berry's got to go to the right situation. Okay. Yeah. Tanner's more is, is, is a better all round player. What do you got, Bruce? You got people coming in and know It looks, there you go. You got a big crowd there. That's yeah. it. I'm a I'm lonely guy down in the basement. I like that. I like you got lots of friends. It's good. So he, here's the thing. And Bruce, you, I think you would have been, you got certain general managers that let you in more than others. This is where you need your pro scouts. You need your amateur scouts and your pro scouts. So Mm -hmm. we can talk about all the guys that are out there, but, and you, you know, so say you have six pro scouts, there's one or two you really have. Okay. They're like the, okay, I got to call him back again. And that's where you want. Okay. Opinion. You're watching them. What, what, and and it may not be a name where it may not be a sexy name, right? But where are they going to fit in an RD? And this person more often than not identifies exactly who would be an upgrade and where it would be. And that's where it comes down to organizations for the 32 and um, you know, and and, and uh, we'll see, we'll see how those chips fall.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, every time I p- would put up uh, uh, a board of our team and where we needed help, I needed help. Like, I mean, uh, on the, say that the, the second line right wing uh, and that's what I'd want is a guy that plays that position and not, somebody that you you have to overplay or isn't as good to get that. I'm just not looking for a right winger. I'm looking for a certain guy and to find that right guy. Like when we talk about Chris Tanev, he, he's a right hand shot with the Leafs need. And we, we talk about, okay, he's a really solid defensive uh, defensive guy that blocks shots. To me, that's a fit. And what, we all look at it as for coaches. And when coaches and GMs are in, in sync with each other are good fits for the team. That's what we, not necessarily the best player for that position. And give you a quick example. in in Minnesota, we had a team that was uh, in March 1st at the trade deadline was, well, it was number one in the league tied with Washington. And we were looking for uh, another centerman to give us really good strength. And the, the best available was Martin Hansel from Arizona at the time. So we went and got him, but he wasn't a good fit because it pushed Eric Hall down to the fourth line where he wasn't happy. Martin Han- Hansel had been playing 25 minutes a night. Now he's uh, a third line center checking center. He wasn't happy. So it's throughout the chemistry. So it wasn't that we got a bad player. We got a guy that didn't fit into our team. And I think that's what the uh, saying.
3: How about Ethan bear? Would he make sense? He's a free
1: agent. I mean he's a free agent I don't even know if he's healthy yet but I think somebody'll pick him up I mean uh, he he he's got the potential to play really pretty good but I mean he's a guy that I think would need a, a solid 10 game stint in the American League before he played
2: well you know and, and again breaking down the like Ethan Baer's got a bit of the X factor about having not played for, for a while and that and but you look last year you no one could do any better than a guy Bruce really likes, Luke Shen. Luke Shen oh. came to be a 5th, 6th, 7th D, and he put him with Morgan Riley. He was a top two pairing, totally unexpected, and totally for the link, and he gets the great contract with Nashville, and probably might be part of why Tyson Berry's available again out, out of Nashville, but, you know, that's, that's the kind of thing, like, uh, he wasn't the sexiest name at all. I remember, like, he's the nicest guy, and Bruce had him in Vancouver, and I remember about four or five years ago, seeing him down by the visited stress room back when it was Air Canada center and kind of, you know, kidding. He goes, yeah, yeah. I'm seeing the uh, I'm seeing the West coast team by team every year. Cause remember every year he was, he was at yep. Arizona. I think LA, like he really was and always Anaheim. Really he was in Anaheim. Anaheim as well. yeah. 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 So, you know, that was as good a pick as anybody did last year. Now I don't know how much was, I don't ever want to use the word luck, but, but seeing, how he would fit, you know, being assessed. And then, hey, you can only have so many guys on with Morgan Riley, which helped Shen, but he also helped Morgan Riley the way he played. So, I mean, that would be great to get that kind of player, not the sexy, the lowest lowest key trades from last year.
1: Yeah, I mean, when Luke played with uh, Quinn Hughes in Vancouver was the same kind of thing. It allowed Quinn to roam a little bit, just as it allowed Morgan to roam a little bit, knowing they have – backup that a guy's not going to be up the ice with them and he was there sort of you go do what you do i'll protect you i'll stay back we'll do fine and that gave both those great defensemen uh, uh,
3: a, a lot of um, confidence in doing what they did i'm happy you guys brought that up because luke shen's actually going to join us uh, later on this week to tee up his uh another return to toronto like his a uh, return to Scotiabank arena as a uh, former toronto maple leaf but luke shen's coming up later in the week Gordo, uh, phenomenal stuff. Why don't you tee up the book one more time? Where can people buy it?
2: Oh, well you can, uh, order on, where do you order again? Uh, what's it called? Indigo? It's Amazon. Amazon Indigo. <laughs> it's at the Indigo bookstores. <laughs> it's, uh, I got one here somewhere. Anyway, it's doing really well. It is. Right. It's a, it's a labor of love and yeah, the normal, the normal websites that you get and, uh, and, and all the bookstores and, and I, I guarantee I sound like a shill, but no, I'm very proud of it. It'll be a very, I know kids today don't read so much, but uh, books so much, but it's a, it's a really good read. And Bruce was uh Bruce was a big part in uh, Bruce's memories. Great. So he's one of the, some guys memory isn't great. So Bruce's is Great. So he helped with the book and he was part of that
3: team. Fantastic stuff. An absolute stalking stuff for Gord. Uh, great to be back with you. I miss the times talking Leafs hockey with you. This has been phenomenal, buddy. Thanks for this. And Bruce, I
2: got a book if you bring 35 bucks, okay, when I see you next time, okay? <laughs> Canadian, though, right? 35 Canadian? No, it's American. Sorry. Oh, yeah, no.
1: dang, dang. Yeah. yeah. See you, Garno. Okay.
2: Hey, Nick, we had a blast. Thanks. Great catching up with both you guys. Thanks for You're coming on.
1: Sorry about tomorrow, but I'll be in a car all day, so I can't help you on the show. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
2: but yeah.
3: Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you Thursday.
1: Okay. Good.
3: Sounds good.
2: See okay. you, Garno. So-
3: the one and only Gord Stelic. Uh, just uh, I, I just sat back there, Gabby, and you guys are such pros. Thank you once again. I had some technology problems there; my computer just shut off. But like I knew that if there's two people who can handle things for a couple minutes, it's probably you two, eh?
1: Well, all I know is don't let it shut off now because then I have nothing to talk. Uh, talking into a blank screen, I'm just starting to feel comfortable talking to, to other guys on the radio on the TV like that I was talking to my wife about it and said, you know, I'm starting not to stutter as much uh when I'm when I'm doing the the TV or the radio. So don't you go by yourself. I don't wanna be one of the I don't want to be like Scott Laughlin just all by himself with no nobody to to hang with, you know, I wouldn't be good at that.
3: And that's the one thing I'm happy you brought that up. Like that's the one thing people don't realize how difficult like Bob McCowan was a a very well-respected name in Canada for a long, long period of time, primetime sports radio. It is so hard to do a show by yourself. And like, that was my, I was going to start the show early because obviously you were preoccupied to to the begin things, but it's just so hard to do, to talk by yourself. Like, I don't even know where you start, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, to me, you're almost reading off something and talking I'm I'm guessing as, as, as we're talking here, talking to the, the camera and asking questions, and then you want to instantly have a phone in show because then people can phone you and at least you can answer the questions.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's going well so far. You're killing it. It's been great to have you the last couple of days. Uh, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year with the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. Sign up to play the Daily Faceoff off Survivor Pool to win weekly prizes like new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's and like when and the Wendy's app. Head on over to DailyFaceOffSurvivor.com to play today. DailyFaceOffSurvivor.com Just want to tee up the week ahead here for the Maple Leafs. A couple more minutes and we'll wrap here, Gabby. Thursday at Ottawa, Saturday home to the Nashville Predators. Uh, how did you typically handle this? I know you talked about this off the top of the show. How did you typically handle this as a coach with a couple of days off? Is it is it time to lick your wounds? A lot of practice. Do you keep it light?
1: Well, I mean, there's always a day off in between there. I mean, you have, uh, they may have taken Sunday off. I always liked Sunday when you didn't do anything to be a family day. Uh, so many things going on that you, you're with the kids, you know, I mean, there's no school. So, I mean, so then they would practice Monday and, you know, a lot of times if it was in the the middle of the season, in the heart of the season, you could practice hard on Monday, take Tuesday off, have a good, good practice. And then, uh, uh, and then, and then play, or you could have like an off ice workout and, and and have very minimal on ice stuff because it gets mundane. If you're practicing three and four days in a row in the middle of the season, Um, the players really, don't like it. I mean, they want a little bit of something different, a different feeling in there, but the one thing you have to do as a coach, you have to make it to the point where uh, they're excited to come to the rink. So whatever days you choose um, you want to make them come to the rink and, and get a good workout. I always used to think that no matter how long practice was, we have to gain something out of this. There's gotta be some, whether it's one drill we want to accomplish or a, like a, whether it's conditioning, whatever, we have to make sure that we just don't go out there for the sake of going out there. Because in March and April, that comes back to get a little tiring. So you have to have a reason to go out there and you have to make sure that the one thing you want to do, you get it done. Right.
3: I love uh, David writing it in the chat bag skate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that's a thing anymore. Is it?
1: You know what? Uh, it's always hidden bag skates. Like, I mean, yeah. uh, uh, in the in the old days bag skates used to be meaning without pucks okay and now you can you make sure that you can do things but you have the pucks with them i mean you can go back down and back down and back but i mean as long as there's pucks and there's a drill involved then it's nowhere near as boring as okay line up on the goal line let's go like a miracle or a, you know like i mean mm-hmm. let's go to the blue line again 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 those things aren't done very often unless I would think maybe you lose two games by 10 goals or something, then then maybe you might have something not wanting to come to work the next day.
3: Mark writes in, uh, Gabby, you should write a book. You ever thought about writing a book?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, uh, I, I've got one book out there. Like, I mean, I, they asked me to write a book my, after my first year in Washington and it's uh, called Gabby's Stories of a Hockey Lifer. But, I was asked this summer by a couple different people and a couple different literary agents and everything to write a book and um the problem is I still want to work in the n h l and if I wrote a tell all book or whatever okay. this time, there would be some people not liking what I wrote that and uh, I didn't want to do that. I mean, I didn't want to look like I'm a sour grape type of guy and Uh, I could tell great, I could tell a lot of really funny stories and that might be something in the future I think of, but I mean, right now, I mean, uh, I don't really want to skewer a lot of people. Uh, I've been very lucky to work in this league and work in, in hockey in general for almost 50 years. So I didn't want to look at like, make it look like I'm uh, a sourpuss. And just because I got let go and, in a wrong way, I think in Vancouver to, to, to look like I'm trying to
3: get even. I think you could write a book just on your experience in, in Vancouver alone, but we'll look for that uh, well down the road. I should mention as well, that interview with Gord Stelic was brought to you by sober carpenter, hold the alcohol, keep the flavor, enjoy a range of non-alcoholic beers. So good that you'll think it's the real thing. Look for sober carpenter at Sobeys, Loblaws, Whole Foods, Metro farm boy, and other retailers today. Again, Gord Stelic was fantastic. You can check out Revival the chaotic, colorful journey of the 1977-78 Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, wherever you find your books online or in store as well. As we transition to Batano, brought to you by Batano, the 2023 EGR winner for both the Best Sportsbook Operator of the Year and Best In-Play Sports Operator Awards. The game starts now. Quick play for me tonight. Uh, I don't know if you caught this over the weekend. The Tampa Bay Lightning were just hammered by the Dallas Stars. I like Tampa to return serve tonight. Um, what's What's your thoughts on the Lightning in general this season, Gabby? I mean, who knows?
1: I mean, their first line is great. Uh, we forget like last year, there was a lot of games, whether it was Vasilevsky in the net or whoever, where they allowed six and seven goals. And if you look up their, their, uh, um, their stats, and I mean, some people don't put a lot of stock into it. I tend to uh, think that it really shows trends is their plus minus? and, Uh, Tampa's got an awful lot of high minus guys, which tells me they're living and dying right now on their power play. And if their power play is not good, they don't win. If their power play is good, uh, they win, but that's a tough, tough way to live when you're depending on somebody else to take a penalty for you to survive. And, uh, I just don't like the way they're playing. I think they've gotten, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're not as good as they were last year. And last year wasn't as good as the year before. And finally it's catching up to them a little bit. They're doing what they can and there's some nights they put it together. But I mean, for the most part, uh, you know, I mean, they're not as bad as they were in Dallas, but they're not as good as when they were in Carolina. I mean, uh, when they won eight to two in Carolina, let's not forget, they only had 16 shots on goal that night. So it's going to be interesting. I would, I think tonight's game is a real much uh, must see TV if you're a hockey fan, because we'll see what they're made of internally uh, mm-hmm. after getting uh, smoked by Dallas eight to two to see if they can come back and and not only return the favor. I don't care what the de- what the goal differential is, but if they could come back and win the game, I think would be a big coup for them.
3: Yeah, we'll see what that team is made of. I was uh, in Tampa a couple of weeks ago. I actually checked out that game, the Lightning and Oilers, and it was pretty much what you would expect. 5-4, uh, I think, was the final. or 6-5. It was just scoring, scoring, scoring. And you need defense to win in this league. So we'll see when it comes to Tampa. Of course, the Leafs seem to have their number the last little while as well. Uh, Gabby, the last couple of shows have been so much fun. Uh, thank you so much for wearing a suit and tie today. You're such a professional, the way you've handled things uh, the last couple of times out here.
1: Well, I appreciate I appreciate you having me on, Nick. It's uh, it's been great, and and I mean, uh, uh, one day we'll come on and we'll do a wrestling show.
3: Oh, I'm so in. I'm so get in all in for those that. wrestling
1: guests. Yeah, yeah get yeah. Kevin in and and uh, uh, guys like that, and we're gonna have some fun. Get Jackie Redman, and she'll give us the inside scoops on everything. It'll be good.
3: We're going to do it someday, Ed, CM Punk, uh, the whole list. Uh, so this has been a lot of fun at the Leafs Nation 401, where you can subscribe on YouTube. Jay Rosehill back in the mix tomorrow. We'll continue to get you set for Thursday's game, the Battle of Ontario, round two of the season between the Leafs and the Ottawa Senators. For Bruce Boudreaux, I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching. Take care.
2: Thank you for watching Leafs Morning Tick. Hit that subscribe button and never miss a show. And for more, visit TheLeafsNation.com. (laughs) T-H-E-L-E-A-F-S-N-A-T-I-O-N.com. You don't know how to spell The Leafs Nation.
0: You know what I mean? Um, But hey, sometimes you never know.